Hi gents, this is George from London, England. I'm so thankful to be able to join with you all virtually in seeking after God. Um, I am behind you in prayer that we all run this race, keeping our eyes fixed firmly on our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. This is Ben Price, and I just want to say I'm standing with you guys. I am fighting the good fight with you, and uh, we're not alone. Uh, God promises to never leave us nor forsake us. And speaking of not alone, I'm really not alone because even though we're meant to be alone in isolation, I've got a couple of people with me. I've got special permission. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's Dr. Phil here. It's Tom Cruise. It's Robert De Niro. President Trump here. It's Jason Statham. Oh, you know it's the best to stay on. And believe me, I'm fighting. The good fight, all you. you know what I mean? Yeah. Trust me. Woo! So exciting. What's up, man? It's Pastor AC here saying that I'm fighting the good with you. We're in this together. Hi, guys. This is AJ Exner and my son. This is Matt Berry fighting the good fight with you from St. Augustine, Florida. Hey guys, this is Reggie from Massachusetts. Just wanted to hop on and let you guys know, no matter where you are in the world, you got strong kingdom-minded brothers just like you declaring this victory. This is Ronnie Loasa, fighting a good fight with you from Rwanda. Thank you and take care of yourselves. Stay safe, stay strong, and be blessed. Keep your eyes on Christ and stay determined. Hey guys, this is Mike Latuka. We are fighting the good fight with you from Orange County, California. We live in a time of a lot of fear. Let us be men who love, as the scripture says, and cast out fear. I just want to encourage you to continue to hold strong and fight the good fight of faith with men all across the world. From Rwanda. From Louisville, Kentucky. From London, England. From California. From India. Springfield, Missouri. Nashville, Tennessee. New Jersey. Keep on fighting the good fight of faith. Don't talk about it, be about it. Let's go. Hey guys, this is Jeremy, and I'm your host for this men's global live stream. Now, as you can see, men around the world are fighting the good fight of faith with you. They're seeking God with you. They're hearing from God with you. And they're gaining needed clarity on their truest identity and purpose with you. Now, when God decides to release them from the borders that this crisis has placed on them, their individual worlds and the world will be different. That's a good lead-in for today's global gathering of men. Now, I think we can all agree that we have a dynamic situation that involves this word right here, pressure. Now, maybe you're feeling it right now. When the pressure underneath the surface exceeds the pressure on top of the surface, well, you got the makings of a good old-fashioned explosion. And it doesn't matter whether it's a pot on the stove or magma simmering for years under Earth's crust, or even a global pandemic has forced people indoors for months on end. Pressure over time will produce an eruption. And you can see the lid beginning to foam and the steam escaping the surface of this COVID-19 pressure cooker, which is about to spill over and out onto the streets. Now this experience and the changes it has brought will be felt in the coming days, weeks, and months in every dimension of life and culture. The question of people of faith is this, what will be the overflow onto culture from all the work God did in us during this crisis? Will people recognize the difference in us and through us? Will they hear about what God showed us or about how God spoke to us and taught us? Now, believe it or not, the blueprint for a group of Christ followers told to quarantine themselves and to receive power from heaven 
and they explode out upon their culture is found no other place but in the Bible. Now, what did that look like? What did people say? How did that moment change history? Well, in the last session of the Corona Chronicles, men's expert and pastor, Kenny Luck, will challenge every believer to work out in culture what God has worked into them through a crisis. God's unplanned plan is for the work of His Spirit during the waiting period to be followed by a power period, which glorifies God and influence millions. Now, will you be a part of this historic moment? Or do you have friends who need some clarity and hope for the days to come? Well, I, I seriously want to ask you to share this live stream and start that conversation. Now, let's go to the Everyman Studios in Southern California for the seventh and final session of the Corona Chronicles. Good morning, men, and welcome to the Men's Global Livestream. I'm so glad that, that you're with us, and I'm, I'm glad to be with you because I want to be participating with you as we kind of enter a new phase of this moment in history where one period is ending, and at least it appears, I don't know how it is where you live, but at least it appears that a new period is kind of starting to unfold. And you know what I believe? I believe that God has us like arrows in his hand. You know, picture in your mind um, an archer with a bow. Maybe some of you guys bow hunt. I don't know. But the picture in my mind of this period and this moment in history uh, is that God uh, has us selected. Uh, God has us in, in his hand and in his grip. And just like an archer places the arrow in the bow, you know what happens to the arrow is it, it doesn't move forward, which we know that that's the purpose of an arrow. It's supposed to get fired out of that, 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 air, that bow, but it's actually moving backward and there's tension and there's pressure and it's getting drawn back and the tension grows and it doesn't leave the bow until the archer decides. Uh, and until that moment, there is waiting there is tension, there is pressure. While the archer settles, he preps, he zeroes in, and then finally uh, he releases the arrow toward its target. And that's what I believe uh, is happening right now. And in this, this critical week or weeks is that, that God is preparing, he's settled, he's prepped, he's pulled us out of our environment for seven weeks. Can you believe it? That this is week seven of the Corona Chronicles? And there's been some new tensions and some new pressures that we've explored in this series. And we have decided that we're gonna rest. We're gonna rest in the archer's hand. We're gonna seek him. We're gonna rest in his hands. We're gonna discover his intentions. And now we're really in this moment where we are surrendering to his targets. And, and this is the moment where around the world, and maybe at different times, but in the coming weeks, the arrows, the men of God, are going to be flying out toward some new God-ordained targets, some new God-ordained goals, and some new God-ordained outcomes that God wants to accomplish that before this, we had no awareness of. But now we do, because we've sought Him, we've trusted Him. Uh, actively. That's why in today's final session of the Corona Chronicles, we're going to talk about waiting periods uh, that are followed by surrender and then 
are followed by release so that men of faith can hit the targets, the God-intended targets that they were created uh, to hit. You know, when you look at the Bible, you see men set aside all over the place. Moses set aside, David set aside, Elijah set aside, Peter set aside, Paul set aside, and they were all set aside. And they were all made to wait, right? Until the time of their release for the accomplishment of God's intended goals were to happen. And this sentiment of waiting and release is expressed right there at the top of your notes. And by the way, if you don't have notes, there's a little download button right on the page uh, that you can click and download the notes for this session. But right at the top of the notes, uh, there's a passage from Psalm 27 that kind of expresses uh, the sentiment of a man of faith waiting to see the good and great and powerful plans of God come about. In Psalm 27, verses 13 and 14, it says this, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. And that's what we've been doing uh, for the last seven weeks. Uh, the pause button has been pressed, and we have been remaining confident because of God's word to us as men of faith. We've been remaining confident that not only uh, is this going to end, but we're going to see the goodness of the Lord, did you hear it, in the land of the living, right? In our lives, as we live, we're going to see his plan unfold as we've waited for him as we've gotten stronger and stronger in the Lord, as we've taken heart, right? And we've waited for the Lord. And so let's unpack that. What does it mean to wait for the Lord? Because you got to know what the waiting process does before the new process begins. So waiting for the Lord means that just that we're relying on God, right? Write that down. Waiting equals relying on God, right? We've actively sought him. We didn't turn inward. We didn't turn to the news. We didn't turn to pundits. We didn't turn to political opinions. We turned to heaven and we said, Lord, what are you up to? How are you going to use this in my life? I'm open. I'm ready to let you use this craziness to bring a new togetherness in my relationships. I'm letting you use this craziness to bring about a new faithfulness. I'm going to allow you to use this disruption to lead me and deliver me to some new destinations. We're relying on God. Secondly, waiting on the Lord means renewing our strength in God. I've talked about this in past Corona Chronicles sessions, but recent surveys show that almost half of people in America view the COVID crisis as their wake-up call right? It's a time of renewal. What are you renewing? You're renewing your perspective. You're renewing uh, your, your relationships. You're renewing your, your view of God, your relationship with God, and you're beginning to pour energy in there, partially because the unknown drives you to do that. But if you're a person of faith, the Bible says that God is accomplishing his purposes in the midst of of what's happening right now. So waiting on God means relying on God. Waiting on God means renewing our strength in God. And then third, 
Waiting on God means readying ourselves for God's new purposes, right? Just like we read from Psalm 27, the psalmist said, I remain confident of this. I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong uh, and take heart and wait for the Lord. It's a picture of him readying himself, that he knows that this period is going to end of waiting and relying on God and renewing our strength in God because that strength in God is going to be channeled for God after the waiting period is over. And so there is this readying of ourselves for God's new purpose. And then fourth, waiting on the Lord means that there is a release of God's power coming, right? We wait all the time. But we're waiting for a release, all right? We're waiting in line at the grocery store. And we're waiting for a release to get to the cash register so we can leave that grocery store, right? We're waiting for the Amazon truck to pull up and deliver and release that thing that we ordered that we probably didn't need, but that thing that we bought online while we've been sitting at home trying to busy ourselves. But you get the picture. Waiting precedes releasing, all right? And, and that's the deep truth in this moment that I really want us to understand if we're to experience all of God's will and purpose for this, this, this moment in history, this unprecedented moment uh, in history, right? Where work has stopped and we waited. Gatherings have stopped and we're waiting. Commerce, by and large, has stopped and we're waiting. Events, concerts, the NBA, the NFL, right? Things have stopped and we're waiting, but God never stopped. God kept on working. The pause button may have been pressed on our lives, but there is no pause button on what God wants to do. Why? Because he's outside of space and time. And so what we want to do is we want to connect that concept of, okay, we're waiting, God's plan is already proceeding, and we now have to get ready for those two things to intersect. Our waiting and his plan proceeding, and there's that intersection, there's that nexus, and that's where we're at uh, right now. And to kind of help us get a picture of people waiting on God and feeling like their life has stopped, but God already knowing what is going to happen and God already having acted because he's not limited by our circumstances. I want us to go to the Bible in the Gospels, to John chapter 11. So if you have a Bible, you can turn it to John chapter 11. And it's the story of Lazarus, all right? One of the most famous people. Why? Because he died and Jesus brought him to life. And the context is this. Uh, Jesus was good friends with Lazarus's family. In fact, uh, his their home was like a retreat center for Jesus. Jesus would be working and then he'd escape to Bethany and be with Mary and Martha and Lazarus, all right? And Lazarus has fallen ill and uh, Martha and Mary, his sister, they send for Jesus. So a message goes out, right, through probably through a person and it gets to Jesus and Jesus takes his time coming back to to help. And we pick up the story here in John chapter 11, uh, starting in verse 12. 
Jesus is talking to the disciples and he says, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. And then we, we skip a few verses forward to verses 21 to 23 and Jesus arrives and we pick up the film and Lazarus's sister says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And so you see how there's an event. People are wondering, people are waiting. When is God going to arrive? Uh, it doesn't end uh, the way they thought it would. Um, Jesus delays and Martha and Mary are like, well, what's taking him so long? Why did he do that? But Jesus tells the disciples, it's better that I wasn't there. Because now some things are going to happen that are going to change you forever. And all of a sudden he shows up and the pause button that Martha and her family uh, were experiencing gets released and the story that God had already planned on accomplishing in his mind begins to unfold. You ever watched a show and either you had to go to the bathroom or you wanted to get a snack and you press the pause button on the show? Use your remote, press the pause button, all right? And then you go do your thing. The story's already completed, right? But you've paused it. Your experience with the story has stopped, but the story's already completed. Men, I want you to pay attention right now. That is exactly what has been happening with this COVID experience, right? The pause button on your life has been, been pressed, but the story is already completed. God's intentions are already completed. And now God is choosing to press the play button around the world, all over the United States and all over the globe. And now the completed story is now going to unfold and we get to participate in it. You know, when Jesus was talking to the disciples, uh, he was telling them about how his life would end. He was telling them about what the plan was. He was telling them that there is going to be this waiting period. Uh, and he told them that they needed to, to go and wait. And then there would be a release of God's power. And we read about that in Acts chapter 4, or Acts chapter 1, verse 4. It says this, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Wow. So you have Jesus telling his disciples, all right, there's going to be a period of waiting, all right? But I'm telling you that after the period of waiting, there's going to be an event. And the event is going to happen, and there is going to be a release 
of God's power and purpose in you. It's going to come on you and, and then stuff's going to happen. I mean, there's going to be an explosion. The, the, the pressure and tension of waiting is going to give way. The surface is going to give way to the waiting period and the time of explosive impact is going to begin. That's how God works. We see it over and over and over again in the Bible. And so that's how we have to relate to what is happening right now. What is God's unplanned plan for us right now? Write this down. He wants participation, our participation in the release of his power. He wants us to participate in the release of his power. Just like Moses was told to wait, David was told to wait, Elijah was told to wait, put in a waiting period, Peter, Paul, so many men and people in the Bible were put into a waiting period. The pause button was pressed, but God's unfolding plan, it had already been completed. The story was already baked. It was already cooked. And then God presses the play button again. And now, just like those people of faith in the Bible, we are now men of faith living in this age, in this moment, and God is getting ready for a release of his power. All right, let's say that together. A release of his power. Man, I want to participate in that. And so when we look at the Bible and we look at followers of Jesus who were told to wait and he said that, that the, the power would come on them and, and then there would be this season then uh, of power. Listen in the Bible for how this felt and what this looked like. In Acts chapter 2, verse 2, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. There were sights, there were sounds, there were feelings, there were sensations, there was this anticipation that the waiting period and the tension of it was about to end and they knew that they were in that moment when God was just going to go and let the power and let his people filled with power fly into the world to fulfill his purposes. And just as the disciples were waiting and the sounds of the waiting period uh, were ending and the power period uh, was beginning, um, we're now getting through news and through circumstances and through governments and state and local officials, we're beginning to feel that wind. We're now beginning to, to hear sounds. We're gonna about to, to escape one environment, enter into a new environment. And so here's the goal, as we've done in every session of the Corona Chronicles. We've identified God's unplanned plan and then how can we participate in his plan? Because we're a part of it, all right? And so today, God's unplanned plan is, is that he wants us to participate in this release of power that is coming on to the world and we're a part of it. The question is, how do I participate with God's release of power? And the first way to participate right now in this release of power, God's power in history, number one, is to receive his power together. Right? To participate in God's power, we have to receive his power. You say, well, Kenny, how do I do that? Well, first you need to receive his son. Because when you receive his son, Jesus, 
into your life, when you say yes to a relationship with Jesus Christ, you receive the very power of God. Jesus said, whoever receives me receives him who sent me. You want to participate in God's power? You want to participate in this release? You have to be in the Son. You simply have to begin a relationship with God. You simply have to say, in this moment, God, I hear what you're doing. I hear what you're telling my heart. I sense that you're not only real, but you're made real in your son, Jesus Christ. And I want to be a part of your family. I want to participate in your plan. I want to participate in your purposes. And right now, today, I'm saying yes to your son so I can be in him and a part of your plan going forward. For many of you watching, that's all you need to do. You just need to say right now in your mind, you need to say, Jesus, today, I'm saying yes to you. I'm saying yes to God's plan. I am saying yes to being a follower of Jesus. I'm saying yes to your crucifixion for me, yes to your resurrection for me, and yes to your power and presence in me through your Holy Spirit. And all God's men said, amen. If you just prayed that prayer with me, welcome to the team and get ready for a release of power. Now, let's everybody listen in closely to more from God's word on this release of power. Jesus said to his disciples um, who were curious about when he would release them in his power uh, into influence, and this is what the Bible says that he said to them in Acts chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. And listen, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, What's in you is going to go out of you locally, regionally, and globally. Do you get the picture? Jesus says, you're going to receive power. I'm going to come in you. I'm going to come upon you. And then I'm going to release you for influence worldwide. But you have to receive the power. You see, power is received. Now, there are many of you who are Christians. And you have the presence of Christ in your life, but you don't have the power of God flowing in you and through you. But through this COVID experience, you've come back to come back to God and come back to your relationship with him and come back to your identity in him. And because you know who you are now, a son of God, a son of the king, you know what to do. And God right now is filling you with power. When the Bible says that you'll receive power and then you'll be his witnesses. It's just talking about a blast zone of influence. God's power exploding what's inside of you, coming out of you to influence the world. Now, in the Bible, it talks about being filled with the Spirit. When we become a Christian, the Bible says in Galatians 4, 6, that God pours the Spirit of his Son into your hearts. So when you become a Christian, you have God's power, but then there's this process of activating God's power on a daily basis. You have it, but you have to activate it. It's like that smartphone. 
right there on your dresser or in your pocket or on the coffee table, right? There's apps on there, but you have to activate them and listen. You have it, it's on the phone, but you gotta activate and listen. And that's the picture of being filled with the Holy Spirit. You have to activate it. So it talks about that in Ephesians chapter five. It says this, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Okay, listen closely. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Do you get the picture? It's a picture of a guy walking on a daily basis. It's a picture of God's purposes surrounding that person. And where the admonition and the encouragement of God is, hey, don't walk in your life today in this moment as an unwise person, but walk as a wise person. What's the key? Well, don't, don't be a fool, connect to God's power. Don't be a fool, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? The picture is of a controlling influence. In this moment, what you want is you want the controlling influence of your life to be God's Spirit. Say that with me. I want the controlling influence of my life to be God's Spirit, okay? So the picture is that God's purposes are about to unfold. You need to be connected to God and God's spirit and God's voice. And God is saying, hey, if you're gonna participate in the release of my power, right? The controlling voice, the controlling influence over your body, over your choices, over your lips, over your mind, over your character needs to be my spirit. And the picture is one, I think, that all guys know, right? You see a dude who's had one too many beers, right? All of a sudden he starts to get sloppy and the spirit, little s, takes over his whole body, takes over his choices, takes over his speech, takes over his actions, right? God is using that, that picture of getting drunk on a spirit and that controlling a man to being filled with the Holy Spirit of God and that being the controlling agent that takes over your body and takes over your choices, your words, and your actions. You see, guys, to participate in the release of God's power, you have to be controlled by God, right? And in Galatians 5.25 in the Bible, it talks about why. Look at this picture. It says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Do you see the connection? We're connected to Christ. When we say yes to Jesus, his spirit comes to live inside of us and begins to take control. Now, we can make choices to activate that control or deactivate it based on our choices. We can live selfishly or we can live in the spirit. If we choose to release control to God, all of a sudden, he begins to communicate with us and give us discernment on what the next step is. I know for a fact that there are millions of you around the world that are wondering, what's the next step? God, give me wisdom. You're praying for wisdom. You have companies that are about to start. You have companies that may not restart up. You have jobs that have ended and jobs that are starting. God is creating a whole new chapter 
of our lives. And we need to be in close communication. We have to keep in step. We need to walk with him, but we can only do that and participate in this release of power by receiving Christ, receiving his power, and being filled with the Holy Spirit. So let me ask you a question. What is your relationship to the Holy Spirit right now? What's your relationship to the Holy Spirit? Are you filled with the Spirit? Are you led by the Spirit? Are you controlled by the Holy Spirit? So each day right now, moving forward, we should be praying every day as we wake up, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, control me. So that's the first step, and we've spent a little time there on purpose because everything else hinges on us receiving his power together. Second, how am I going to participate in God's release of power? We have to rise up as one together. That's what we see unfolding after his disciples are told to wait somewhere. They receive power, and then after they receive power, what do they do? They rise up, not as individuals, but as one. In Acts chapter 2, verse 14, it says this, But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. Okay, the explosion starts. The arrow is released. They receive power. And then what do they do? They rise up together as one. But Peter, standing with the eleven. And let me just tell you, men, that that moment, that moment in time right there where they rose up together as one, just 12 guys, 20 centuries of impact. That is the moment that changed Western civilization and began a global spread that would go on for centuries until this moment of Christianity. Wow. But you know what it took? Men who left the waiting period, received power, and then they rose up together as one. You know, you've heard me say this, and I think I said it in the last session. There are 700 million men on planet Earth who named the name of Jesus. And that's why we've started the Corona Chronicles. That's why it's a global live stream, because we're everywhere around the world. And instead of just rising up in one location, we, through the power of the Holy Spirit, are going to be rising up in little communities, in little spaces, and on city blocks, and in metro urban areas, and in suburbia, and in rural places, and in countries all over the world. We're going to be rising up, but we're going to be rising up as one together, right? It talks about how what together means as men of God in this moment uh, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 2, where God's word from one man of God to another group of believers says this, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose, right? That's written from a man in quarantine to people that he knows and loves. And even though they're separated by geography, they're one. They're in one spirit, one mind, one game plan, intent on participating in a release of God's power. You know what I love about the Bible is it, it talks about these moments where God's men come together and they just don't come together physically, but they come together in spirit. 
right? And I love this passage from Judges 20:11. It's talking about one of these moments, and it's an actual, literal, physical battle that men of God have to win, but it takes more than just showing up and having the right equipment. Listen to what it says about the men of Israel. Uh, in Judges 20, verse 11, it says, All the men of Israel were gathered against the city, united as one man. That's not a physical uniting. That's a spiritual knitting, camaraderie, fraternity, call it what you want. We're together. And you know what God wants us to be right now, men? In this moment, as he is about to release us to targets all over the world by the tens of millions, he wants us together as one man, reflecting one man, one purpose, Jesus, to make Jesus famous. And we're going to unpack some of the ways exactly that he wants us to be united in spirit, one mind, one intention. All right. Third way of participating in the release of God's power and here's now where we're going to get specific. We've received his power. We're rising up as one. Now the release of us has happened. What's it going to look like, right? Number one, we're going to reduce loads around us together. All over the world, men are going to start making burdens lighter in the spirit of Christ. So do you see the picture? You take that person who is actively seeking, actively trusting, actively learning, taking in God's perspective during the waiting period, and then you release that man, and then you release that man to unleash the Spirit of Christ. And what does it look like? It looks like reducing the loads of others. In fact, that's what we see after God's men who were put in waiting in the book of Acts, Jesus' followers, uh, they start doing stuff that's crazy, all right? Crazy acts of service, all right? Listen to what it says in Acts chapter 2, verses 43 to 45. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. Why? The verse goes on. And many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles, men of faith who'd been released from a waiting period. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common, and they... They began selling property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need, right? So these men were waiting. They received power, right? They, they begin to now release, get released into spaces. And what are the signs and wonders? What's so cool about the release of these men is the biggest sign and wonder was the transformation of selfish, self-centered, broken male culture and how they were aggressively and thoughtfully acting, listen, in the interest of others. They saw needs, they filled them. They began to lift the loads of people instead of think about themselves. And I've said this before, you know, masculinity right now is under attack. Male strength is under attack. Right? Well, the problem isn't male strength. The problem is what is guiding male strength. But these, these men whose strength were, were guided in the release of power by God's spirit, all of a sudden, they began to flip the narrative on what masculinity was for their time. You don't think that that's not exactly what God wants to do right now? 
You see, these guys, they, they departed from the norm. Fellas, the norm before this is not going to be the norm after. This, this episode of history should not leave you the same way it found you. You've received power, all right? You're ready to rise up with your brothers. You're ready to start now living differently and changing the narrative for the glory of God. And it actually centers on what your masculinity looks like and how you use your strength and what we're going to show the world when we're released, whenever that is for you, is that we're going to be different. And people are going to ask, what's up with you? What got inside of you? Right? What's going on? And you know what we're going to say? We're going to say during this episode, God's reset my priorities. God's come into my life. God's filled me with his spirit. And you know what? I'm going to hit the targets that he intends for me. We're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to make Jesus famous. You know, this whole idea of reducing loads uh, is so in the spirit and character of Christ, who said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my load upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That same Jesus wants the world to feel that burden lifted. In fact, he talked to the disciples and he said, you know what? Only courageous service is going to advance the cause. Listen to what Jesus said. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him have your coat also. Whoever forces you to go one mile, go with them too. Give to him who asks of you and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. This is the whole, the whole concept of the second mile, right? People are used to the first mile. They're used to the regular you, the regular routine, the regular stuff. But then there's this whole area and space where God is sending us beyond that first mile normality into second mile service of others, where when they walk away from us, because of our generosity, with our time and our energy and our finances, meeting their needs, you know what they feel? They feel like a weight has been lifted. And when the weight lifts, it's an actual emotional, spiritual work of God in them that then attracts them to the person of Christ. That is what God is doing. So when we receive power and we rise up and God releases us, what does it look like? It looks like men of God, powered by the Spirit of God, entering into the lives of people that are placed in their, in, in their spheres of influence by God, and we're going to lift their burdens, just like Jesus is the burden lifter. Secondly, what's it going to look like? We're going to relieve the distress of the left out together. You know, when God's men waited, received power, they rose up, they stood together as one, they started reducing loads. There were people in the margins. They were the least, they were the lost, they were the left out, they were the marginalized, there were women who were left to fend for themselves and enter prostitution because their knucklehead husbands used silly spiritual and religious manipulations to leave them. And, and all of a sudden, this new spirit invades men, men who previously had this whole little good old boy network that made women and children suffer. And then 
all of a sudden, new power, new purpose, new reducing loads, and the distress that women and children were feeling, all of a sudden, they were one spirit-empowered man away from God's love and justice coming into their lives. And we read about it in Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. We're going to roll the film because this is what I believe is going to happen right now. After God's waiting period ends, the release of power begins. It says this, In those days when the power was being released, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked. Okay, that's the category of person in the daily, listen, distribution of food. So the 12 gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit, catch that, and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. Listen, so the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Did you see that picture, what is happening? Men who've been waiting, men who receive power, men who are reducing loads, in and among them, in the family of God, and then they, they are targeting specifically the left out, all right? There was some cultural boundary lines that needed to be crossed. There's, there's, there's Greek Jews, and there's, there's Hebraic Jews, all right? There's the muggle blood Jews and the pure blood Jews. And guess what? They all have knees. And guess what? The boundary lines are falling. We're breaking the rules. We're going to take men. We're going to assign them in groups. And we're going to go after in the new normal, in this release of God's power. We're going to participate with his power by relieving the distress of the left out together. Men, you might be watching this in a men's group. And my encouragement to you right now to participate in God's power is to select your target that is in distress. And then as a men's group, as a men's fellowship in a church, go after it. Relieve their distress, especially when it comes to women and children who are made to suffer, listen, by broken male culture. 42 million women who wake up every day and have a job, they're called prostitutes. 173 million orphans. Children without a dad. A woman gets hit every 15 seconds in the United States. The fatherlessness epidemic. Guys, there's no lack of spaces for us to step into. The question is, are we going to step into them and participate in this release of God's power that the world actually is ready and waiting to see? But they just don't know what's coming. Third, after we reduce loads and relieve distress, what does it look like to the world? We're going to raise the spirits of fellow believers together. You know what's so great about this season of the waiting period is ending, the power 
is being received. Men are rising up. They're reducing the loads of others, relieving the distress of the left out, is that as other believers see us doing that, uh, they're getting sharpened and they're getting encouraged. And we now need, like I'm encouraging you, you need to encourage other believers to rise up, receive power, reduce loads, relieve stress. You need to encourage them in their faith. You need to tell them, you need to look them in the eyeball and go, this is our time. Like God has custom made this moment in history for the church of Jesus, the people of Jesus, to express Jesus in tangible ways where the pause button has been pressed and the world is pressing play again for God's unfolding glory to be revealed. And part of that glory is a new spirit in believers and believers encouraging believers. Versus what? Believers analyzing other believers. Believers critiquing and nitpicking other believers. Believers separating themselves from other believers. Listen to the story in the book of Acts of how when there was the release of God's power after the waiting period, how they treated one another, right? So we have some new believers in a city called Antioch. Listen to what, down, what went down there and what happened. They, the men of God, sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad, and listen, encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, catch that, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. So here's what you have going on. You have believers who are needing encouragement. A man of God is sent to this group of believers who need encouragement, and he encourages them to do a couple of things, right? To remain true to the Lord with all of their hearts. So stay true. This is our time. Commit yourselves to God and give it all of your energy, right? You see that, that dynamic, right? Where other Christians that aren't a part of this global live stream, they're kind of wondering, they're kind of in a malaise, they're confused, they're doubting, they're wondering. And you just kind of cup their faces and you say, listen to me, I know what God is doing, right? The waiting period is over. The relief of his power is here. Receive it, renew, recommit, be filled, rise up with the rest of the church, start reducing the loads of people and meeting needs, start relieving distress, and start encouraging other believers like I'm doing with you right now. You know, there were two men during this season of release uh, named Judas and Silas, and this is what it says about them, and I hope and pray this is, will be the, the legacy that we leave during our moment in history when God is releasing his power. It says this in Acts 15, 32, Judas and Silas, who themselves were prophets, said much to encourage and strengthen the believers. You see, waiting periods are followed by a release of power, and the people who are participating in the release of power, they say much. They enter spaces, and they do much, and then they say much to the rest of God's army on planet Earth, and they say, this is our time. Judas and Silas said much to encourage and strengthen. What's coming out of your mouth toward other Christians right now? Who are you texting, all right? Who are you encouraging? Who are you calling to say, hey, I know it's kind of wonky, but God's at work. He's going to be unfolding his new plan, and we need to be ready. 
He's going to be releasing you into the world. And let's do it together. Let's rise up together. All right? The accessories of the circumstance, they're going to be what they are, but let's make sure that we don't miss this one thing, that we're participating in the release of God's power worldwide. And he has territory for us to take right now, locally, regionally, or maybe even in your life, globally. All right? But part of that plan is to raise the spirit of believers together. Isn't encouragement the oxygen of motivation? I mean, when you're flagging or confused or doubtful, when some other believer comes along who's not in the weeds or in the slimy pit of your situation and says, hey, there's God. God's at work. Our waiting period is over. Let's participate in this release of power so that we can be used by him right here in our right now circumstances, in the middle of transitions, in the middle of craziness, in the middle of a little social distancing. God's at work. What does it look like? We're going to serve other people. We're going to relieve distress. And guess what? I need encouragement and you need encouragement. Let's keep encouraging one another together. And that's how you do it. That's this global live stream. Now that it started and so many thousands of guys have jumped on, we're continuing it. Why? Because you need encouragement. That's why Everyman Ministries exists. That's why fellowships of men exist. It's like refueling. We got to refuel your encouragement level. We got to fill you up. All right. So don't stop encouraging each other, the men you know, but then you need to get encouragement and keep showing up here every week. And then what you receive, you give out. Amen. Everybody say amen. All right. A virtual amen, a digital amen. All right. Let's look at the last thing uh, that this release of power and men participating in the release of power specifically looked at. All right. The waiting period ends. Receive power together. Rise up together. Reduce loads together. That's what happened in the release of power in the Bible after a waiting period with Jesus's men. Relieve distress of the left out together. Raise the spirits of believers together. Lastly, reach souls needing Jesus again together, right? You look at what happened when God let the arrows fly and you see these behaviors that reflect Jesus. Needs are being met. The marginalized are being met. Rules are being broken to help them, right? Believers are gathering regularly, encouraging one another, and then coming together and going out and coming together and going out. And there's a sense of awe and wonder and signs that are happening. And the world is going, what is this? What has gotten inside of them? Look at all the good that they are doing, and then it creates this context for them, for them to tell them the reason why and to reach souls needing Jesus together. In Acts chapter 4, verse 8, it talks about a release of power in a follower of Jesus and what happens when there's a release of power. It says this in Acts chapter 4, verse 8, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people. And you know what he then went on to do? He then went on to lead 3,000 people to a relationship with Jesus. Here's the same guy who, when under pressure, denied Jesus. Then Jesus went to him during his waiting period, 
where he went back to just being a fisherman. Jesus cooked breakfast for him. Jesus had a moment privately with him. They talked. Jesus re-recruited him. He recommitted himself to his Savior and Lord. And then, filled with the Holy Spirit, the same guy who took himself off the field is back on the field leading thousands of people to Christ. You see, that's what God is doing in many of your lives right now. He is settling you. Your identity in him has gotten strengthened and more confident. And now you're going to start opening your mouth. That's what Peter did in that moment in Acts chapter 4, verse 8. He did it in Acts chapter 2. And all the men who were in the waiting room and got released started doing it. And now we're over 2 billion on planet Earth from 12 guys over 20 centuries. Look at what it says in Acts chapter 4, verse 31. And this is what I'm thinking is going to happen exactly in this moment as we're watching this together. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. When you're filled with the Spirit of God, the immediate outcome of being filled with the Spirit of God is speaking the word of God boldly. To who? To souls needing Jesus. And here's the good news. We can do it together. I know that, that reducing loads helps create a context to speak the word of God. I know relieving distress creates a context to speak the word of God. But we can't do the actions that create the context to actually have an opportunity to speak the word of God without actually opening our lips. And it doesn't have to be goofy, all right? There's nothing goofier than a goofy Christian. Right? All we have to do is just say what God is doing in our own lives, take the initiative, empowered by God's Spirit, to just tell them about the love of Jesus and give them a very simple gospel presentation that God loves them, but we're imperfect and he's perfect. But God sent a solution that bridged our imperfection and his perfection. And all we have to do is say yes to God's solution. And then you tell him how you did it. You know, I've shared my faith with a lot of people over the course of 36 years of being a Christian. And I just tell them my story. And at the end of my story, I say, have you ever prayed a prayer like that to commit your life to Christ? And people who haven't go, no. All I say is this, would you like to? And I cannot tell you how shocked and pleasantly surprised I've been at the amount of people, I would say over 90%, who go, yes, I would like to. I didn't give him a big history lesson on cosmology, origins of the universe, or all the, the, the fancy reasons why the Bible is, is right and Jesus is God. All I did was just tell him that God loved them, that we're imperfect, but he's perfect. That's a problem. There's a solution, his name is Jesus. And you can join God's family and have your sins forgiven in a home in heaven. You see, this is what God is up to right now. If you wanna know and you've been confused, like what is God doing, what's God up to? Well, we've just read from God's word 
that after waiting periods, there's a release of his power through his people. It's all throughout the Old Testament. It's all throughout the New Testament. And we've just looked at followers of Jesus himself who said, go wait, power's gonna come, and then you're gonna rise, and you're gonna start breaking some rules. You're gonna start entering spaces you weren't in before. You're gonna start relieving distresses that you weren't participating in before. You're gonna start encouraging other believers to do the same and strengthen them in their faith and unite. And guess what? People are gonna see this transformation and, and hopefully they're gonna see an authentic, loving church that is worried more about the community than the room in the church. They're gonna see us leave the room, go out to the community, and then as we manifest the Spirit of Christ, they're gonna be attracted to that, and they're gonna go, where does that come from? Why are you doing this? Who is responding? And you see, man, this is our, this is our moment. This is a moment where God has reset the world, and then we can fire out of this a new person. People who knew us before, we had this COVID experience, God touched our hearts. We met on this silly global live stream with this guy who moves his hands a lot, and then God spoke to me. And he told me who I was. And because I know who I am now, I know what to do. And we are surrendering right now to God's targets. What are those? Receive his power. Rise up together. We're going to stay together. We're going to be here next week and the week after that and the week after that so we can get equipped and encouraged and refilled. We're going to start reducing the loads of people around us. Look for them individually. Look for them as groups of men. We're going to relieve distress. We're going to start getting involved in some things that relieve pain and suffering versus being the agents of pain and suffering. We're going to treat other Christians like gold. We're going to encourage them. When we see one, we're just going to say, man, here's what God is doing in my life. What's he doing in your life? And if they're flagging, you pray for them. If they need equipping you, you strengthen them. We're going to strengthen each other versus contend with one another. Just so silly. And then together, we're going to reach souls for Jesus, right? So just like this group of believers that left the waiting period started to pray and to apply these things, that's what we're going to do right now. So wherever you are, put your pencils down, put everything down. We're going to have a moment. We're going to have a worldwide moment together, wherever you are whether you're in a metro urban city, whether you're in New York, whether you're in Indiana, whether you're in Orange County, California, whether you're in India or London or Sydney, Australia, we're going to unite our faith right now in Jesus. Let's bow our heads. God, you have signaled to us that the waiting period is ending and the power period is beginning. And Lord, with my brothers, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. We say yes. We surrender like an arrow in the hands of the archer. We feel the moment of release is here, and we want to have a legacy of influence for your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, you've chosen and appointed us to go bear fruit, fruit that lasts. And you've shown us in your word 
exactly what participating with your power looks like. So we say yes. We say yes again to Jesus and to your lordship and your command of our spirit and our bodies and our lives, all that we are and have Jesus. We receive you and we receive power from the Father through the Holy Spirit right now. And Lord, we thank you that we're not alone, that we're fighting the good fight together in this moment as one man. Same team, same playbook, same targets. We're going to rise like Peter stood with the 11. Lord, help us stand with the men of God in our lives, the fellowships of God, men in our church, brothers, buddies, co-workers. Help us to come together and not be dangerous with our energies during this time, but be dangerous with goodness as we, we look now to participate in your power to reduce the loads of others around us together. God, to make light the people who are burdened, to go the second mile, God, for people around us. And in faith, take some new risks. God, you're calling us to take new risks right now with our energy, with our finances, with our generosity so that we can see an outpouring of your power in people's lives, God. I know there's men right now that you're challenging them with their generosity. There are some men right now that need to take their stimulus check and give it to a single mom. There are men right now that need to, to start a benevolence fund for people to stop human trafficking in their community. There's men right now that you are calling into second mile spaces to give of their time and talent, God. I pray right now that you would push them out, that you would push them out and into that space. Lord, you're calling us to relieve the distress of those that, that broken male culture has hurt. And so, Lord, help us to come together. Help us to go out like special forces teams. Choose and appoint men. There's men right now that are leaders that need to choose and appoint men just like we saw in your word today, men who are full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, and they are going to receive new responsibility. God, help us to encourage believers right now to take advantage of this moment. Help us to be like Barnabas. Help us to be like Judas and Silas, who said much to encourage the believers. Lord, we're your agents in this world. We're your ambassadors. This is our moment for every man that is listening to the sound of my voice, Lord, I pray that you would send him to at least 10 other men in the coming days and weeks and that he would tell them they're like an arrow in God's hands being shot into new targets of influence and legacy. And then, Lord, our deepest desire is that people come into a saving and transforming relationship with your son. We're just going to pray a simple prayer together, boys. Use us. Use me. Use me to shine the light of Christ. Use my mouth. Use my tongue. God, give me discernment and wisdom. God, open doors for me with my neighbors, my coworkers, as I reintegrate back into the mix, that when I'm in the mix, that I'm shining the light of Christ. God, thank you that you want to use this, this, this moment in history to change millions of men who previously may have even caused others to suffer, but now they're going to give life. They're not going to be destroyers. They're going to be life givers. They're going to go from abusing their strength to using their strength 
to meet the needs of other people, now equipped with a new identity, with a powerful new energy, delivering powerful and other-centered masculinity. God, help us not miss this moment. Lord, you used 12 guys for 20 centuries of impact. We're still talking about them and what they model for us in their relationship with you in your word is meant for us right now. So Lord, I thank you in advance for the influence that's going to happen. I thank you for the surrender that's happening right now as we pray together. And I thank you for the impact, the blast zones around the world that are going to be felt as men who name the name of Jesus are filled with the spirit of Jesus and start doing the works, Jesus, you have prepared in advance for us to do. And together, around the world, everywhere we are, we say amen and amen. Well, if you said that amen in your heart, then we're in a whole new moment. You've just crossed over into kingdom space. God right now is surrounding you. God is, is telling you that there is this new moment. God is releasing you from the tension. You know exactly what to do because you know who you are. You're a man of God and together we're gonna fight the good fight of the faith together. Let us know how we can help you. Dig into everymanministries.com. If you're an individual man, you have a men's group, you have a church, make sure that even as we've been gathering together over these last seven weeks, we're gonna need to get together again. We're gonna need to refuel and renew and recommit every week so that we are flying straight and true into the targets God has selected for us. I'm praying for you, I love you, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for watching our national broadcast. If you felt connected to today's message, there's a couple of things that you can do. First, you can subscribe to our daily devotionals. Each day, you will receive via email a new man's daily devotional for you to go deeper in your walk with God. Now, second, you can sign up and be a subscriber to our Everyman platform. We have hundreds of custom curated curriculums for you and your men to do Bible study together. We also have special documentaries, films, and even music from our Dangerous Good Conference. We want you to be a part of our growing community of men that are being transformed daily to become what God always intended them to be. Now to subscribe, just go to our website at everymanministries.com and sign up today. Thanks so much for watching and God bless.